Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents Markheim by Robert Louis Stevenson. Yes, our windfalls are of various kinds. Some customers are ignorant, you see. And then I earn a dividend on my superior knowledge. Some are dishonest. And in that case, I profit by my virtue. You come to me on Christmas Day, Mr. Markheim. When you know that I am alone in my shop, my shutters put up, making a point of refusing business. Well... You will have to pay for that. You will have to pay for my loss of time when I should be upstairs balancing my books. You will have to pay besides for a kind of manner that I remark in you today very strongly. Not to worry. I am the essence of discretion and ask no awkward questions. But when a customer cannot look me in the eye, he has to pay for it. Now, I presume you can give, as usual, a clear account of how you came to possess whatever it is you brought me this time. Another item from your uncle's cabinet, I suppose? A remarkable collector, wouldn't you agree, Mr. Markheim? I am sorry, sir, but you are in error. I came today not to sell, but to buy. I have no curios to dispose of. My uncle's cabinet is bare to the wainscot, and even were it still intact... I have done well on the stock exchange recently and should more likely add to it than otherwise. Is that so, Mr. Markheim? It is. My errand today is simplicity itself. I seek a Christmas present for a lady. Oh, a lady, is it? Yes. And certainly I owe you every excuse for disturbing you upon so small a matter. But the thing was neglected yesterday, and I must produce my little compliment at dinner. As you well know, a rich marriage is not a thing to be neglected. I see. Well, sir, be it so. You are an old customer, after all. And if, as you say, you have the chance of a good marriage, far be it from me to act as an obstacle. Well, now, let me see. Ah, here's a nice thing for a lady. This hand mirror... Fifteenth century, warranted. It comes from a good collection, too. But I reserve the name in the interest of my customer, who was just like yourself, my dear sir, the uh, nephew and sole heir of a remarkable collector. Uh, A hand mirror? That's right. Go on, then, Mr. Markheim. Take a look. Well, what do you think? Uh, A mirror? For Christmas? Surely not! And why not? Why not a mirror? You... you ask me why not? Why... look here! Look in it! Look at yourself! 
Do you like to see it? No, nor I, nor any man. <laughs> Your future lady, sir, must be pretty hard favored. I ask you for a Christmas present, and you give me this, this, this damned reminder of years of sins and follies. This hand conscience. Did you mean it? Had you a thought in your mind? Tell me. It will be better for you if you do. Come. Tell me about yourself. No? All right, then. I shall hazard a guess. My guess is that you are, in secret, a very charitable man. Charitable? What are you driving at, Markheim? No. Not charitable. Not charitable. Not pious. Not scrupulous. Unloving. Unbeloved. A hand to get money, a safe to keep it. Is that all? Dear God, man, is that all? I see that this is a love match of yours, Mr. Markheim, and that you have been drinking the lady's health. <laughs> love. Have you been in love? Tell me about that. I? I in love? <laughs> I never had the time. Nor have I the time today for all this nonsense. Now will you take the mirror? Oh, my good man. Where is the hurry? It is very pleasant to stand here talking, is it not? And life is so short and insecure that I would not hurry away from any pleasure. No, not even from so mild a one as this. We should rather cling, cling to what little we can get, like a man at a cliff's edge. Every second is a cliff, if you think about it. A cliff a mile high, high enough, if we fall, to dash us out of every feature of humanity. Hence, it is best to talk pleasantly. Let us talk of each other. Why should we wear this mask? Let us be confidential. Who knows? We might become friends. Friends? On the contrary. I have just one word to say to you, Mr. Markheim. Either make your purchase or walk out of my shop. True. True. Enough fooling, then. To business. Show me something else. Well, all right. Let me see. Ah, this perhaps may suit. It's a vase. Late 18th century. Ha, 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 ha.
Who's here? Who's in this room? Open. Open, damn you! Did you call me, Mr. Markheim? You are looking for the old man's money, I believe. I should warn you that the maid has left her sweetheart earlier than usual and will soon be here. If Mr. Markheim be found in this house, I need not describe to him the consequences. You... you know me? Oh, yes. You have long been a favorite of mine, Mr. Markheim, and I have long observed and often sought to help you. But... what are you? The devil. <laughs> what I may be cannot affect the service I propose to render you. It can. It does. Be helped by you. No, never. Not by you. You do not know me yet. Thank God, you do not know me. Oh, I know you, Mr. Markheim. I know you to the soul. Know me? Who can do so? My life is, is but a travesty and slander on myself. I have lived to belie my nature. All men do. All men are better than this disguise that, that grows about and stifles them. You see, each dragged away by life like, like one whom bandits have seized and, and muffled in a cloak. If they had their own control, if you could see their faces, well, they would be altogether different. They would shine out for heroes and, and saints. I... I am worse than most. Myself is more overlaid. My excuse is known to me and God. But had I the time, I could disclose myself. To me? To you, before all. I supposed you were intelligent. I thought, since you exist, you would prove a reader of the heart. And yet you would propose to judge me by my acts. Think of it! My axe! I was born, and I have lived in a land of giants. Giants have dragged me by the wrist since I was born out of my mother. The giants of circumstance. And you would judge me by my axe. But can you not look within? Can you not understand that, that evil is hateful to me? Can you not see within me the clear writing of conscience, never blurred by any willful sophistry, although too often disregarded. Can you not read me for the thing that must surely be as common as humanity, the unwilling sinner? <laughs> All this is very feelingly expressed, Mr. Markheim, but it regards me not. These points of consistency are beyond my province, and I care not in the least by what compulsion you may have been dragged away so long as you are carried in the right direction. But time flies. The servant delays, looking in the faces of the crowd and at the pictures on the placards. 
but still she keeps moving nearer. Remember, Mr. Markheim, it is as if the gallows itself was striding towards you through the Christmas streets. And so, shall I help you? I, who know all, shall I tell you where to find the money? For, for what price? I offer you the service as a Christmas gift. No. I will take nothing at your hands. If I were dying of thirst, and it was your hand that put the pitcher to my lips, I should find the courage to refuse. It may be incredible to you, but I will do nothing to commit myself to evil. Are you sure? I should advise you that I have no objection to a deathbed repentance. Because you disbelieve their efficacy. I do not say so. But I look on these things from a different side. When the life is done, my interest falls. The man has lived to serve me, to spread black looks under color of religion, or to sow tares in the wheat field, as you do, in a course of weak compliance with desire. Now that he draws so near to his deliverance, he can add but one act of service, to repent, to die smiling, and thus to build up in confidence and hope the more timorous of my surviving followers. I am not so hard a master, Mr. Markheim. Try me. Accept my help. Please yourself in life as you have done hitherto. Please yourself more amply. Spread your elbows at the board. And when the night begins to fall and the curtains to be drawn, I tell you, for your greater comfort, that you will find it even easy to compound your quarrel with your conscience and to make a truckling peace with God. I came but now from such a deathbed, and the room was full of sincere mourners, listening to the man's last words. And when I looked into that face, which had been set as a flint against mercy, I found it smiling with hope. And do you, then, suppose me such a creature? Do you think I have no more generous aspirations than to sin and sin and sin and, at the last, sneak into heaven? My heart rises at the thought. Is this, then, your experience of mankind? Or is it because you find me with red hands that you presume such baseness? And is this crime of murder indeed so impious as to dry up the very springs of good? Murder is to me no special category. All sins are murder, even as all life is war. I behold your race like starving mariners on a raft, plucking crust out of the hands of famine and feeding on each other's lives. I follow sins beyond the moment of their acting. I find in all that the last consequence is death, and to my eyes the pretty maid who feeds her mother untruths about her nightly whereabouts drips no less visibly with human gore than such a murderer as yourself. Do I say that I follow sins? I follow virtues also. They differ not by the thickness of a nail. They are both sighs for the reaping angel of death. Evil for which I live consists not in action but in character. The bad man is dear to me, not the bad act, whose fruits, if we could follow them far enough down the hurtling cataract of the ages, might yet be found more blessed than those of the rarest virtues. So you see, it is not because you have killed a dealer that I offer to forward your escape. 
Why, then? Why? Because you are Markheim. Listen, I will lay my heart open to you. This crime on which you find me is my last. On my way to it, I have learned many lessons. The act itself was a lesson, a momentous lesson. Hitherto, I have been driven with revolt to what I would not. I was a bond slave to poverty, driven and scourged. There are robust virtues that can stand in these temptations. Mine was not so. I had a thirst of pleasure. But today, and out of this deed, I pluck both warning and riches, both the power and a fresh resolve to be myself. I become in all things a free actor in the world. I begin to see myself all changed. These hands, the agents of good, this heart at peace. Something comes over me out of the past. Something of what I have dreamed on Sabbath evenings to the sound of the church organ. Of what I forecast when I shed tears over noble books or talked an innocent child with my mother. There lies my life. I have wandered a few years. But now I see once more my city of destination. You are to use this money on the stock exchange, I think. And there, if I mistake not, you have already lost some thousand. <sighs> but this time I have a sure thing. This time again you will lose. Well, then I will keep back half. That also you will lose. Well, then what matter? Say it be lost. Say I am plunged again in poverty. Shall one part of me, the worst part, continue until the end to override the better? Evil and good run strong in me, compelling me both ways. I do not love the one thing. I love all. I can conceive great deeds, renunciations, martyrdoms. And though I be fallen to such a crime as murder, pity is no stranger to my thoughts. I pity the poor. Who knows their trials better than myself? I pity and help them. I prize love. I love honest laughter. There is no good thing nor true thing on earth, but I love it from my heart. And are my vices only to direct my life and my virtues to lie without effect like some passive lumber of the mind? Not so. Good also is a spring of acts. Mr. Markheim, for the six and thirty years that you have been in this world, through many changes of fortune and varieties of humor, I have watched you steadily fall. Fifteen years ago, you would have cringed at a theft. Three years back, you would have blenched at the name of murder. Is there any crime, is there any cruelty or meanness from which you still recoil? Five years from now, I shall detect you in the act. Downward, downward lies your way, nor can anything but death avail to stop you. It, it is true. I have in some degree complied with evil. But it is so with all. The very saints, in the mere exercise of living, grow less dainty and take on the tone of their surroundings. I will propound to you one simple question, Mr. Markheim. And as you answer, I shall read to you your moral horoscope. You have grown in many things more lax. Possibly you do right to be so, and at any account it is the same with all men. But granting that, 
Are you in any one particular, however trifling, more difficult to please with respect to your own conscience, or do you go in all things with a looser rein? In any one? No. No, in none. I have gone down in all. Then content yourself with what you are, Mr. Markheim. For you will never change, and the words of your part on this stage are irrevocably written down. Well, now, that being so, shall I help you find the money? And... and Grace? Grace? <laughs> Have you not tried it? Two or three years ago, did I not see you on the platform of revival meetings, and was not your voice the loudest in the hymn? Oh, it is true. And I see clearly what remains for me by way of duty. I thank you for these lessons from my soul. My eyes are opened, and I behold myself at last for what I am. The maid! She has returned, as I forewarned you, and there is now before you one more difficult passage. Her master, you must say, is ill. You must let her in, with an assured but rather serious countenance, no smiles, no overacting, and I promise you success. Once the girl is within, and the door closed, the same dexterity that has already rid you of the dealer will relieve you of this last danger in your path. Thenceforward you have the whole evening, the whole night if needful, to ransack the treasures of the house and to make good your safety. This is help that comes to you with a mask of danger. Up, Markheim, up, and act! If I be condemned to evil acts, there is still one door of freedom open. I can cease from action. If my life be an ill thing... I can lay it down. Quickly, friend. That life you speak of hangs trembling in the scales. Though I be, as you say truly, at the beck of every small temptation, I can yet, by one decisive gesture, place myself beyond the reach of all. My love of good is damned to barrenness? So be it. But I have still my hatred of evil. And from that, to your galling disappointment... You shall see that I can draw both energy and courage. This is your decision, Mr. Markheim? It is. I see. As you wish, then. Your, your, your face. It's changing. You look familiar. Go, Mr. Markheim. You have done well. Go. Mr. Griffin. Mr. Griffin? Mr. Griffin, I... Oh! You had better go for the police. I have killed your master.
You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of Markheim by Robert Louis Stevenson, featuring Randall Cooper as Markheim, Billy Pullen as The Visitor, and Barclay Roberts as The Antiques Dealer. Music by Robert Arnold. Sound effects by the cast and by Karen Strawn. Produced by Eric Sefton. Assistant directed by Karen Strawn. Adapted and directed by Robert Arnold. This is your announcer, Tom Badgett. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a nonprofit, web based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Thank you for listening to Monday Matinee right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Tuesday Terrors for Horror, Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine, Thursday Thrillers for Action, Adventure, Mystery, and Crime Drama, Friday Follies, our end-of-the-week comedy series, Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike, and Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.